1: The official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo.
0: Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets brought to you by Santa's Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Hornets. Rob Longo with you today. Following Charlotte's loss last night in Washington, yes, it is sadly a silver linings edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fall 106-102. to 102. So the Washington Wizards now fall to 4-14 and 14 on the season. We'll give you a recap of this one. We'll go ahead and talk about our silver linings in last night's loss. And we got to talk about the emergence of one of the younger players that has stepped up in the last couple of games. And helping me out on this process is the one and only lead writer of Hornets.com. That is Sam Parley. And Sam, let's go ahead and just jump right into this one. We'll get your initial thoughts on last night's loss. It was a 106 to 102 loss for the Hornets. Hornets in Washington, D.C., last night. For me, the headline to this one was that Charlotte just had a hard time closing out some of the quarters. That the, you know, the the Wizards got off to a hot start. They started the game on an 8 0 run. They led it by eight after the first quarter. The Hornets had a chance to really take a lead going into the locker room in the second quarter, but the Wizards closed on an 11 2 run, and then Washington led it by four. And then the Hornets, at least in the third quarter, were able to close out on a 12 5 run, but then the Wizards countered with an 11 2 run to start the fourth quarter, and then the Hornets had a hard time hitting a bucket down the stretch to keep things competitive, and it ended up being a 106-102 to 102 loss. That was what I gathered from yesterday's loss. What did you gather?
1: Yeah, Rob, thanks for having me again, and yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, just a game of little runs here and there, not being able to close out quarters has kind of been a consistent theme for the Hornets this season, and, and a lot of that comes into just not having the depth that you would normally have if you know if you didn't have a lot of injuries to deal with, and yeah, I mean they had a little bit of momentum going into that second quarter, five-point lead and I think it was a 10-point swing the other way or 9-point swing going in the other way against halftime in the final 230, and then got out in front, had a great third quarter defensively, only gave up 18 points, started the fourth quarter, 11-2 run, a couple second-chance three-pointers in there for the Wizards, uh, and that was it. I mean, you know, unfortunately, Charlotte had another rough shooting night. They only had 39%, only hit eight threes, and when you're shooting like that, an eight-point lead can sometimes feel like an 18-point lead, and that's kind of how it was. I mean, just couldn't hit shots. Couldn't get stopped. gave up seven offensive rebounds in the second, in the uh, in the fourth quarter. Twelve second chance points. So I think the term has been used a lot this season. It's just the margin for error just is not very big right now. And you're giving up multiple ten point stretches going the other way or ten point swings the other way. It's hard to kind of weather those, especially in the fourth quarter there. So you look at the score one hundred six one hundred two. Felt like it just. And I think Coach Clifford out of the game really put it that start of the fourth quarter really really kind of swung things and they just could not get it going the final nine minutes of the game
0: couple of numbers stand out to me after last night's loss the first one i think is second chance points for the wizards was 22 14 offensive rebounds like you talked about 22 second chance points that's a lot and the other thing too with this wizards team is they are not very deep right now they have a couple of injuries for their guys on the bench washington's bench only scored 14 points all five starters were in double figures for washington bradley beal had 26 points kyle kuzma had a game high 28 The Hornets had opportunities here when the lineup broke for the Wizards. The problem was they just weren't able to overcome that because the bench points for Charlotte was only 29. So again, a little bit of a disparity there, but not enough to overcome what ended up being a four point deficit. And the other thing, Two is, of course, the three-point shooting. Charlotte did not shoot the three very well, 25% from beyond the arc. Washington wasn't much better, but Washington was 13-34. So even though they had a little bit more of a higher shot volume from three-point land, they were able to obviously make more, too. So those were kind of the two numbers that stood out to me. The other thing, too, was Washington turned the ball over 17 times resulted in 15 Hornets points, but they really cut down on that in the second half because in the first half, Washington had 11 of those 17 turnovers. 12 of those 15 Hornets points off turnovers came in the first half as well, so that was something that the Wizards were able to adjust. After the game, head coach Steve Clifford talked about how the team, in order to win more games, has to be more physical.
1: Biggest thing is we, gotta, we have to start, we got to play tougher. We got to be more physical, okay? And it can't be just like when we feel good we're tired. They're tired. We got to rebound. We got to have blockout attitude. It cost us a game in Cleveland. We missed a blockout, one blockout, and we win that game. Same thing tonight. So if we start getting tougher play with some physicality. We'll start to win.
0: Obviously not a very thrilled Steve Clifford after last night's loss, and I can't blame him because it's just frustrating that the way that the Hornets have lost a couple of these games and it is what it is and you have to move forward and the team has to learn from that. But my one gripe here, Sam, with that comment, it's not really a gripe, it's just like kind of a thin line to be walking on is when you talk about the physicality, one of the issues for this Hornets team has been fouling this year. The Hornets have had gotten in some foul trouble. They have been sending their opponents to the free throw line a lot. I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that the Hornets can't play with a lot of physicality and can't kind of set the tone, but at the same time, it's a balancing act there. You have to make sure that you're not giving away easy buckets and easy points at the free throw line. You want the team to be physical, but you don't want it to result in so many infractions that it's just a parade to the free throw line for the other team. So that was the only thing that I kind of, not again, not really disagree with Coach Cliff here, but it's something that I have noticed that has been a concern. So, again, just something that I'm pointing out here. But moving forward, they can't call everything a foul, I suppose. So, you know, if you set the tone in your physical, maybe you're able to set the tone for the night in terms of The officiating crew, I'm not saying you're going to influence them one way or the other, but it's kind of similar to a baseball pitcher at the beginning of the game trying to get a feel for the strike zone on the umpire while we still have human umpires in baseball. So it's kind of like that where, okay, you throw a pitch on the outside corner. Okay, that's called a strike. Okay, now I'm going to try to inch it out a little bit more, see how much of an advantage I can get here on what is normally not called and that sort of thing, kind of that human element to to sporting events and basketball is certainly like that when it comes to physicality and fouls and and judgment calls and that sort of thing so again i understand where cliff is coming from but that's kind of the one reserve i have when he talks about being more physical because you don't want it to result in some lapses that the hornets have already had and some of the weaknesses that this team has had so far this season
1: yeah i think the physicality thing you know, it's it's kind of about setting the tone at the beginning of a game. I think it's one thing that it's hard to kind of just go through the motions for three quarters in this particular area and then just get physical in the fourth quarter. I think it's something that right from the get-go, you've got to be physical. You've got to get in the other team's head defensively, make sure they kind of feel you right off the start. And that sort of like sets the tone, as we've said many times, sets the tone for your defensive attack for most of the game. And I think you, know, you make a really good point, it, and that's what makes – playing defense at the NBA level so challenging. It's finding the balance between being physical, being disruptive, making sure other teams feeling you, but not to the point where you're being counterproductive and causing lots of fouls and free throws and teams just attacking the basket and, and going to the line countless and breaking up the rhythm of the game. And that's happened to the Hornets a few times this year, too. So it's a challenge. I mean, a lot of good defenses, they deal with it. You know, good defenses know how to kind of walk that line between being physical, between getting important rebounds in the fourth quarter, between boxing out, but not doing things that are reckless that puts their team in compromising positions, too. So it's a challenge. I mean, and when the Hornets, when they're taking a the big step or want to take a big step defensively this year, that's part of learning how to do it, making sure that you're being aggressive, being physical, but don't do it where it becomes counterproductive so i think tonight maybe it was a little more towards the other side it's like trying to avoid the free throw stuff sometimes and then it kind of swung the other way so it's about finding a balance right now
0: the one other thing that i want to touch on before we move on here on today's edition of the hornet Hivecast is that third quarter that we talked about a little bit here earlier the hornets outscored the wizards 24 to 18 in that frame the hornets Started the quarter 0 for six from beyond the arc. They didn't hit a three until the 218 mark of the third quarter, and the Hornets closed the quarter on a 12 to five run in the final three minutes and 45 seconds. Kelly Oubre in that quarter had 10 points and ended up with 18 points through three quarters to play. But I think that if you're able to just bottle up what the Hornets were able to accomplish and what they looked like there in that third frame, and you're able to play that through a full 48 minutes you're going to take that 11 times out of 10 because of the way that they were able to play. And then again, Washington just countered there at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Hornets had to call a timeout to stop an 11-2 to two run to start the frame, and it kind of spiraled from there. But that third quarter coming out of the locker room has been a little bit of a bugaboo for the Hornets this season so far. But in the last couple of games, especially in that Cleveland game too, they've been really strong out of the locker room coming into the third quarter. That's kind of the one thing that, I don't quite hang my hat on, but it gives me a lot of hope moving forward that things are going to turn much, much sooner rather than later for this team.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of, you know, we're we're kind of harping on, like, the bad stretches right now, and I think it kind of takes away. There were some good stuff in this game. Defensively, I thought they did a really good job. I mean, I think any time you hold somebody to under 110 points, and, and the reality is, you know, It's closer to maybe to 100 with you give the free throws at the end, things like that. I mean, I thought the Hornets did pretty good defensively in this game. You know, Wizards only shot 43%, 38% from three. They had a couple stretches. uh, They had uh, 17 turnovers as well, too. So I think the defense gave the Hornets a chance in this one. It's just, I think, like I said in an earlier point, when your offense is only shooting 38% and you've only made eight threes, it's just the the margin of error is so thin to weather these bad stretches going in and out of quarters. And you can't wait four or five minutes to get going at the start of a quarter, or you can't, you know, coast into the end of a quarter, coast into halftime with an eight point lead. I forget it was the Indiana game the other day, 13 point lead with three and a half minutes left in the third quarter or second quarter, excuse me. And I think they're only up three at half. I mean, that kind of felt like that's a really good chance to get momentum into halftime and then come out into the third quarter and keep it rolling. And it's just, it just seems to be kind of an ongoing issue right now. It's just the the closing of quarters, the opening of quarters, it's either just taking too many stretches off. And again, with the margin of error and kind of where they are with the injuries and the depth and the shooting right now, it's just can't, they can't afford to be doing that. And they've been doing it and sometimes they can get away with it. And most of the time they can't. So again, it all circles back to consistency, Got to start putting 48 minute performances or close to 48 minute performances together.
0: Hornets fall last night, 106 to 102. Silver linings come your way next. This is the Hornet Tivecast brought to you by Senta. I could have gotten my hearing aids anywhere, but going to a doctor who could find a set that fit my lifestyle was a good idea. Music sounds as clear now as when I listened to it on cassette tapes. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offers a wide variety of hearing aids. With affordable pricing and credit options, our patients can find hearing care that is right for them. Hear like you once did. Call 704-295-3000 to schedule an appointment. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Rob Longo and Sam Perley with you after last night's 106-102 loss for the Hornets in our nation's capital. Time now for our silver linings as always. And if you're new to the podcast and losses, there's always something positive to look at. And last night, there were certainly a couple of silver linings. We'll probably get to more of them here in our third segment. But in the meantime, I will defer to Sam Perley as I always do. Who's your silver lining from last night's game?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Dennis Smith. It was great to see him back. I thought he really set a tone defensively for the Hornets. He had missed the last four games after uh, re-spraining his ankle down to Miami. Six points, two rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks. He was plus 15 In 24 minutes off the bench, shot pretty efficiently. He was just three of six, but did a little bit of everything. I I thought he was really, really good defensively for the Hornets. I mean, he really kind of gave them a chance on that side of the ball. And to be plus 15 in a game they lost by four, it's pretty impressive, too. So great to have him back hopefully he can kind of get more into a rhythm like he was before these ankle injuries especially with a couple days coming off but my silver lining was Dennis Smith last night
0: can't go wrong with the pick DSJ was great to see him back again you like you said missed last four games in terms of days that last game that he played in was November 10th so he had a 10-day layoff there and looked pretty good coming back and again the Hornets do have two consecutive off days here before their next game on Wednesday against Philadelphia here at the Hive and if you want to join us get your tickets to hornets.com so because of that I think that certainly helps the cause here for DSJ. Get that game under his belt here in Washington last night. Get a couple more days off so he's able to move forward and just kind of see where that ankle is. So I wholeheartedly agree that Dennis Smith Jr. is a great silver lining pick. Heck, head coach Steve Clifford after the game last night, you mentioned it in the first segment as well that he was by far their best player in last night's game. Everybody on the bench with the exception of Nick Richards was a positive in the plus minus. The Hornets ended up going nine deep in last night's game. Jalen McDaniels was a plus seven. Kai Jones a plus seven. We'll get to him here in a. Few- Few minutes as well. Also, Dennis Smith Jr., like you mentioned, a plus 15 in the plus minus. That was the second best of anybody on the floor last night. The only other person that beat him in that category was Corey Kispert, of all people. He was a plus 19 in the plus minus last night for Washington, despite only scoring 14 points. So, DSJ, great to have him back. Probably your best defender on his team this season, so it was really good to see him there, and that's probably another reason why the Hornets were able to hold Washington to under 110 points last night. For me, offensively, I have to go with Kelly Oubre Jr. as my silver lining from last night's game mostly because again kelly did not shoot the three ball very well last night and nobody shot well from beyond the arc yesterday he was just one of seven but in total 10 to 20 from the field seven rebounds he did have a block he had a steal in there as well was basically even in the plus minus as he finished with a team high 23 points he has just been so consistent scoring wise for this hornets team this year every game he's played in all 18 of them He has been in double figures. I understand that the shot volume might be a little bit higher. It might be a little bit lower sometimes, but in general, field goal percentage-wise... It's still up there from one of his best so far in his career. He's already averaging a career high 20 points per game, and that was heading in the last night's game. So after 23, I'm sure that average just goes a little bit higher. And it kind of is just great momentum from what he was able to do in Cleveland the other night, too, where he scored 34 points and really shouldered the load in that double overtime game. I honestly think if Kelly doesn't foul out there in that second overtime in Cleveland on Friday, that the Hornets have a much, much better chance of winning that game because Charlotte went cold there in the final four and a half minutes of the game because Kelly fouled out. Your leading scorer is gone. Mason Plumley fouled out in that first overtime, so now you're down two starters, and you're trying to kind of piece things together, and the Hornets only scored two points in that second overtime, and it was because of a Kelly Oubre steal and dunk at the beginning of that period. So Kelly Oubre, for me, is my silver lining from last night. Kind of a culmination from the last two games, I suppose, but overall, he has been the one consistent this offense has had with LaMelo Ball being injured for the brunt of the season. Yeah,
1: I definitely agree. I think that's a good one. Two straight games, leaving the team in scoring, Uh, One thing that's really impressed me, just to kind of talk about more of his recent play in general, is his rebounding has been really good. From November 4th, 5th, and 7th, so three games, he only had one rebound in each game. And since then, he's gone 8, 7, 8, 5, 13, which is a season high, 3, and then had 7 last night, too. So he's really done a good job of kind of finding ways to impact the game. Obviously, the scoring has been there, but he's been rebounding, he's been facilitating, uh, I gotta think he's close to averaging at least a steal and a half to two steals during this, this recent stretch. So he's been really good. The efficiency was there last night. It wasn't so good from three point it was just one of seven, but ten of twenty. Did a good job attacking the basket, especially in that third quarter. He had ten points for the Hornets to kind of help shift the momentum, at least for the time being last night there. So he's been really good, and yeah, the Hornets have definitely needed him, as like we've said, with all these injuries early in the season.
0: Once again, Hornets fall last night, one oh six to one oh two against the Washington Wizards. Two days off until taking on the Philadelphia. Six- 76ers on Thanksgiving Eve at Spectrum Center. 7 p.m. tip. Be sure to get your tickets to Hornets.com to join us for that one to get your Thanksgiving weekend started off with some NBA hoops. One more segment to go on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Do we have a maybe a breakout player coming into the rotation? The last two games would indicate that. We're going to talk about that next here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta.
1: Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today.
0: Beal drives down low to the baseline, twisting against Plumlee, goes up, the lane attempt, no, rebound, Porzingis throws it deep, Kai Jones has it, Kai Jones ready to take off, let's fly, reverse dunk in transition, oh my goodness, what a play, a Dr. Pepper dunk for Kai Jones, he can fly, Hornets cut it to four. Kai Jones with an emphatic dunk in last night's 106-102 to loss, and it came at a pretty pivotal moment of the game there in the fourth quarter, and if you heard that correctly there on the call from Sam Farber yes Kai Jones getting some meaningful minutes last night he also got some meaningful minutes in Cleveland on Friday night as well something that we've seen over the last couple of games from head coach Steve Clifford and the rest of the Hornets is that Kai Jones has been inserted into the lineup at some different times of the game in Cleveland on Friday he came in during the second quarter played a handful of minutes and then last night he ends up playing a handful of minutes as well he played seven minutes on Friday in Cleveland And it was just kind of, you know, switch the energy, I think, up of the team where things just weren't looking too hot for the Hornets at that juncture of the game. Kind of a similar situation in last night's game too, Sam, I think, a little bit where Kai comes in the second quarter. He comes in in the fourth quarter. He gets a steal and he has the gall to go down there on a breakaway and throw down a reverse dunk in a pretty pivotal moment where the game kind of was swinging into balance still at that point. That made it a four-point game for the Hornets. Just couldn't quite ride that momentum moving forward, but overall, we're starting to see the emergence of Kai Jones in the rotation a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, interesting to see. I think
0: temporarily,
1: I think he's kind of replaced JT Thor in the rotation. It's not a permanent thing necessarily, but I think kind of looking at the draft class from last year, I think this is a good opportunity to kind of see what Kai has. He's been playing at that power forward spot, and you can't fault him for his energy, his floor running, his athleticism. I mean, he is all over the place, and it looks good for the most part. I mean, there's still going to be – I mean, he's only played, I think, something like – I think going into the Cleveland game, something like 100 NBA minutes. And a lot of it – I would say the majority of it was probably in situations where the game
0: – the Hornets
1: were either way ahead or they were way behind. There wasn't a whole lot of actual you know, back-and-forth in the game – Tightly contested you know situations too, so I mean again, we have to remember he still has not been playing basketball for all that long i mean in his life, I mean, he only really started playing it full time kind of in his later teens or early teens, so but i've I've loved his energy i've loved his floor running i've loved you know how active and he is around the rim he's put pressure on the rim i mean he can just move i mean it's just how fast he can get up and down the court you see all that athleticism and that track background he has so uh, i think in cleveland too he had the putback dunk i mean i think and then last night he was right on the rim too he could have all actually missed like a putback. i think in the fourth quarter that would have given him I think six or eight points too so i'd love to have seen again i think you there's a big kind of getting him out there you gotta understand there's gonna be there's gonna be still a learning curve, especially defensively, but you can see the activeness, the attentiveness. He's you can kinda of look at his eyes. He's he's reading things a little bit better too. So I've loved what I've seen from him. You just you've know, got to kind of take a little bit of the I guess growing pains that are going to be there simply because he just hasn't played a whole lot in the NBA. But for a team that kind of needs a spark and needs energy and needs, you know, as Coach Clifford said, sometimes a physicality and a toughness last night. I mean, why not try something? And, and they've tried something. And so far, Kai is, granted in a kind of small sample size shown that he's taken some strides since his rookie season.
0: Eight minutes on the floor last night for Kai Jones in Washington. Two of four from the floor, had a rebound, a steal, did turn the ball over once, but overall with those four points, he was a plus seven in the plus minus category, so certainly making an impact out there on the floor in a game where the Hornets, for the most part, were basically going eight deep into rotation. Kai made it nine, but with eight minutes out there, not a whole lot to go off of just to kind of give somebody a spell in there. And I think the other thing that I find this in intriguing for and I was worth bringing up on a podcast today, Sam, is the fact that you touched on it a little bit. We don't know what Kai is fully capable of because he hasn't been playing basketball for a very long time. Mitch Kupchak talks about it a lot. Anybody around the game of basketball talks about it a lot with a quote unquote big man. These players that play at the center position or the power forward position, wherever you put Kai out there in the front court, they take a little bit longer time to develop. And because of that, You certainly aren't going to see the fruits of his labor right away. And the fact that he hasn't been playing organized basketball for quite some time, is another reason why we might not see it right away either. You go back and you think about Nick Richards and his emergence here this offseason and how he's been able to really, really flourish here and get meaningful minutes out there. He played 17 minutes last night. He had a double-double. That's something that we've kind of been accustomed to, seeing Nick Richards come off the bench, provide a double-double, play meaningful minutes, and give Mason Plumlee a spell. We didn't expect that from him last year. So it just kind of goes to that natural progression a little bit of seeing Kai Jones get, Any kind of rep that he can. We haven't seen him really in Greensboro this year. We saw him there last season, but he's kind of one of those guys that's been floating. And depending on the matchup, depending on how the game is going, he can certainly see himself in meaningful minutes. And it's finally starting to pay off these last two games. So I guess that's a long roundabout way of me saying that it's going to take time for Kai Jones to develop. But at this rate that he's going, it's kind of a similar trajectory. That Nick Richards was on here over the last couple of seasons as well for the Hornets.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and you make a lot of great points. I thought it was really good. And if you haven't listened to it after the Cleveland games, go back to kind of listen to Coach Clifford's quotes about Kai Jones about how he's he's earned an opportunity to play more based on how he's conducted himself in practice. He's going home and studying. He's asking questions. He's learning. You know, and that's where he's kind of taking it. That's his opportunity. You know, in a way, and he, I think Cliff made a really good point is you can have chances to prove yourself outside of just playing in the games, how you conduct yourself, how you prepare, how you ask questions, how you train, how you, you know, work with your teammates and, and you know, chemistry issues and things like that. That's, that's ways to kind of prove to yourself that you deserve an opportunity to play more. And I think Kai has taken advantage of what he can control in this situation. He can't necessarily control how if he can get in the game. Only the coach makes the change, or the coach makes the decision for that. But he can control all the other stuff. And it's great to kind of see, or at least hear at this point, it seems like the the light is starting to come on a little bit in the sense of this is what I have to do in order to get more playing time. And once you get a takes to that playing time, which Kai has done in Cleveland and in Washington and and you perform well given you want more. And it just I think it becomes kind of an itch and I think we've seen Nick Richards take that next step this year. And it's really exciting to kind of see Kai Jones because there were times last year where you see him and it's just You see something's there, but, you you know, oh, it's going to need a lot of development. I think the Hornets knew that when they drafted him, this was going to kind of be a little bit of a bigger project. And you saw it a lot in the G League last year that he's got like rare, rare athleticism, rare size, the rare size athleticism combo. So uh, it's exciting to see. You know, I know it, it comes in. You know, the Hornets are struggling a little bit right now, but to kind of see these steps forward in the developmental stuff with Nick Richards, with Kai Jones, with JT Thor, other guys taking steps forward, it's exciting to see, and hopefully they can kind of give or keep making a bigger impact as we get further down the road.
0: One more thing before we wrap this up, too, is this is the other reason why I think that he's kind of going down the same path as Nick Richards is because when we see Nick Richards in the past, he's a big man. He wants to shoot threes. He wants to be more versatile, but Steve Clifford has noticed that He has the potential to make an impact right now by doing the simple things, setting screens, going hard to the rim, and getting rebounds. Kai Jones can be in a similar boat. Kai wants to be that guy that can go out there and stretch the floor and shoot the three ball as well. It's just not in his game right now. So if he's a guy that can go out there, provide big energy because it matches his personality, he goes out there, sets screens, goes hard to the basket, gets in those passing lanes, and he gets a steal and a transition dunk like we saw last night, the sky could be the limit for guys like Kai Jones to find a role on his team as long as they just do what they're asked for. They're not trying to do too much with the basketball. So, again, something that was worth being brought up here on today's edition of the Hornets Hive cast is Kai Jones getting some meaningful minutes in the last two games. Hornets looking to snap a skid here on Wednesday against the Philadelphia 76ers, but that means we got two consecutive days off here moving forward, so we're able to get Sam Perley, the lead writer of Hornets.com, a few days off as well. Sam, thanks again for joining me on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. As always, thank you for having me. Thanks to all of you for tuning in as well, and because we have multiple days off, we will have a special edition of the HHC tomorrow. Sam Farber sits down with Jalen McDaniels. Great interview. You don't want to miss it. One of those guys that's been coming off the bench here through the last couple of games and has been a consistent off the bench as well, sits down with Sam to talk about the start of the season and some of his background as well. For Sam early. I'm Rob Longo saying so long. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, and we'll see you tomorrow once again on EHHC.
1: Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For
0: more coverage, visit hornets.com.